It's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got an opinion? Make your voice heard on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Butkus Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. How do you view USC playing in that top seven or eight teams? The Georgia, Notre Dame, who's on your schedule? Um, you know, that group. Well, I'd say this. The good part about being in my position is we honestly don't spend much time thinking about how long we think it's going to take. I think we we obviously know what it looks like. We've been there. We've been a part of those championships and the big games and all of that. And so I think it's you have a vision in your head of, all right, here's what we need to get to. Here's the steps we need to take. Now, let's go. You know, let's put let's put the gas down. Let's let's go attack this as quickly as we can. Let's use the portal. Let's use high school recruiting. Let's develop. Let's build up facilities. Let's build up culture, atmosphere around the program, staff. I mean, and I think you just do that as fast as you can. And obviously, the faster you can do it, the more it takes hold and the chance you have to start stacking, you know, great years on top of great years. And uh, so I don't want to limit it by, by saying, well, it can't happen until year three or year four. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily believe that. I think with all the advantages that we have and uh, if we continue to invest as a program and continue to build in all areas, uh, Obviously, we would not have left what we left unless we felt like this could be something very, very elite. And uh, I think every person that we've brought in, every staff member, every player feels that right now. That's Lincoln Riley on the herd today. Um, it's You know, he's like, whenever he says, you know, we were we were a part of that, you know, winning championships at the last place. <laughs> Big Twelve, bro. <laughs> I guess, I guess that is true. Cotton Bowl champions, yeah, that Cotton Bowl championship. That was it. Yeah, that's the only thing that you sniffed championship wise. You think he'll win a national championship there? Are you serious? Yeah, is that a that that's a real question. It's a real question. Teddy, he's not going to even make it to a national championship game. Playoff. If it stays at four, no. No? Mm-mm. Like, why – like, I'm not even entertaining a national championship. Why would I – why would I believe that he couldn't come close to doing it at OU, but he's going to go do it at USC, which really hasn't had anywhere close to the amount of success that OU's had in the past decade? Like, that's the part that I struggle with is, you know, he routinely got his pants pulled down during the semifinal – why do I think that that's going to be any different at USC? Why? Because there's a lot of recruits out there on the West Coast? Well, USC has always had that, and it's still been a while since they've been relevant there. Right. Yeah, it's just interesting. You know, he's he's been to two places now, and it's like he's he's claimed – OU's championship pedigree as he's gone to USC and now he's claiming USC's championship pedigree but he's 
He's never won one or been a part of one anyway. Not even a national championship game, man. I know. Forget about a title. Not even not even a game. And and there's the the very end of that clip is what really annoys me and why I will not shame any OU fan for continuing to make fun of him or continuing to rag him, whatever. I mean, he made the comment, we wouldn't have left the last place for this place if we didn't feel like it was very popular. Like, I'm paraphrasing here, but the point that he's making, and he's made it several times now, is basically he's saying that USC is a much better job than what OU is. We wouldn't have left the last job for this job if we didn't see all the potential that was there. Well, here's the thing. USC is a better job than Oklahoma for Lincoln. Oklahoma, a big fish, small pond in the Big 12 was a good, was the place for Lincoln. I, USC in the Pac-12 is going to be better for him than Oklahoma in the SEC. Right? It's, no, no, it's it's a match made in heaven out there for him and the Pac-12 and his cute little offense and jet sweeps and all that. It's it's perfect. And at the end of the day, that is, I think, what this what this is all about. And I think it has. I mean, you can point blame wherever you want, but the move to the SEC is ultimately what what this this was about for Lincoln Riley. And, you know, I still maintain, whenever I said it from the very beginning, I don't think Lincoln Riley knew about the move to the SEC. And I think that he didn't know, and they were planning it, and obviously it got released before they wanted it to. I think he didn't know about it, and that pissed him off that he didn't know that they were angling for that. And he wasn't about that life. You know, there are some coaches right right now in college football, which it's hard to give credit to Brian Kelly for anything, especially when it – he was like dancing all over that kid before signing day, which is really weird. That was that was a weird. That I, kid ended up going to Alabama. By, by the way, <laughs> it had like Pulp Fiction vibes. The dancing scene from Pulp so Fiction. So weird. Anyway, there are some coaches out there that are trying to get to the SEC because that's where all the players are at. You know, I I saw a graphic today out of the top 100 players on the 24-7 sports composite, over half of them are going to SEC schools. Like, that's yeah. where, like, if you want to win a national championship, and I understand that Clemson's been able to do it. I mean, they are in the Southeast. And I understand that Ohio State did it, but it's been about seven years now. If you want to, like, really win a title, it's almost like you have to find your way down to that area of the country. Lincoln just wasn't wasn't about that life, you know? I, I think that he wants to be – he. He is a coach that values job security a lot. He wants to do things his way and in a conference where there's not going to be a whole lot of pushback. And the Big 12 was that type of conference for him. And now with OU going into the SEC, the Pac-12, I agree with you, is the perfect landing spot for him. Yeah. Perfect. It's perfect. So uh, it's it's really not that surprising. Um, you know, I – I don't know. I don't. I don't know what what it's going to be like out there for them. I, I tend to think that they're going to have success on some level. What does that mean when the Pac-12 have a college football playoff appearance? Yeah, I think those things are possible. I don't think they're going to be possible right away. Um, I think there's going to be a whole lot of 
what did we do? Which, it's not we, it's I. Like, we wouldn't have came out here. It's him, right? No, that's... The other people... Well, at Clark Stroud, it is a we. Right. Come on. The other people had to follow you. You know what I'm saying? And whenever you say, hey, I've got this job, do you want to come with me? It's like, well, if I don't, I won't have a job here. So I kind of have to go. But I I, I think th- some of those things are going to happen. But right out of the gate, there's going to be a, this is going to be way more work than than I envisioned. And I think that, I think there's going to be some real struggles there. And I think there's going to be some real struggles at quarterback there. I want to ask you a question, but I'm asking you because you just said it, but I, I almost want you to answer for everyone. Because when that conversation comes up, like, well, how do you think he's going to do out there? Everyone says, oh, well, I mean, I think he's probably going to end up winning pretty big. He's going to win a lot of Pac-12 titles. Like, why? Like, what did he – and I realize he won a lot of Big 12 titles, but let's also consider that he had by far and away the most talent in the league, and he didn't beat a whole lot of great teams when he was here. Like, name me a time when he ever took an OU team that had less talent than the other team and beat them. I also realize that didn't happen very much when he was here, but can you name a time when that happened? Now, initially you might say Ohio State in 2017 – but that Ohio State team got ran out of the stadium by Iowa a couple of months later. So I think generally Iowa State's been more talented or Ohio State's been more talented. I don't know if Ohio State was more overall talented that year. So if not them, then who did Lincoln ever take with OU's talent level? OU was playing a team that had better talent, and Lincoln was able to figure out a way to win that game. Because it doesn't seem like it ever happened with me. LSU more talent, he got embarrassed. Alabama more talent in the Orange Bowl. They were down 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Like, you kind of get the trend here. To me, when the other team had more talent, he really got exposed, and he wasn't just such a great head coach that he was able to figure out a way to even the gap quite a bit. What was – there wasn't any big non-conference in 18, was there? Uh, you played Florida Atlantic and UCLA and Army. And then – there wasn't in in nineteen. What no, we play? you played Houston? Houston in the home opener, yeah, and then at UCLA that year. Yeah, no, you're right. If if it's not Ohio State in seventeen, which you know we could we could argue back and forth on that one. Um, it was close, and that's that's his signature win. Sure, that's his signature. So win, that, okay, it. that's a long way of <laughs> asking. Why is everyone just so sure that he's going to go out there and win conference titles? I I think. I think Oregon might be slapping him across the face, and I think Utah might do the same as well. I guess Utah just, is his Iowa State. I am nemesis. not so convinced that he's just going to go out there and run that league. In fact, just the opposite. I, I, it's all going to depend on on what they can do on the def- defensive side of the ball, recruiting wise. If they can go out there and have some success, then I think they got a chance. He's going to put together pretty good offense. I, you know, what is his offensive line going to look like? He got a good coach, but I don't know what they're like talent-wise, but that's going to be critical. Like Lincoln Riley's offenses started to fall apart when the offensive line started to fall apart. Right? That was the big difference. You know, There was a time with Baker in 17 and Kyler in 18 when you had these unbelievable offensive lines where you know, you're the smartest offensive coordinator in the world because – 
everything you call works because you can block everything and no one can get to your quarterback and you're just abusing people on the line of scrimmage. But whenever that goes, all of a sudden it gets way more difficult. His signature win, you just said it's Ohio State. His first year he was the head coach. It's what, his second game, third game, whatever it was, was his signature win. And that was his best team. That's when he got the closest to a national championship. He inherited a ton of talent. And then every single year after that, well documented by us, it got a little bit worse, a little bit worse, and a little bit worse. Well, the talent level that he's starting with this year, buddy, it isn't anywhere close to what he took over with in 2017. So if he took over at OU and it got a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse, what's going to happen if he takes over a roster that's not even remotely close to any of the rosters that he had at OU? Like, that's... That's what I'm saying. I just I don't think it's he's just going to rise USC out of the out of the grave out there and start winning conference time. I, I, I really I don't think that that's going to happen. I think more than anything he's going to get exposed. Who was it that had the quote about Ryan Day at Ohio State starting on third base? You remember uh, that? I, I no, I don't remember who that was. Someone was talking about, you know, there's all these conversations. I don't remember what brought it up, but it was another coach from the Big Ten, I believe, and was kind of like scoffing at something that he had said or he had done and was like, well, it's not that hard whenever you start on third base. It's kind of, you know, he was handed a program from Urban Meyer that was ready-built for success and the same thing with Lincoln Riley. He took over. I That was going to be Coach Stoops' best opportunity at a national championship. Everyone knew it. And it got handed off to Lincoln Riley early summer, right? Yeah. And, you know, so he, same thing, started on third base. Harbaugh said that, by the was way. Was it Harbaugh? Yeah. Nice. The least, <laughs> the lo- the least or most likely of people, however right. you want to think of it. Nice by Harbaugh there. But it was kind of the same thing. So, uh, yeah, I, and, and you do have to – you do have to say that he was a part of that that offensive rebuild there and a huge part of it, which helped get them to where they were in 17 for him to take over. But the uh, fact remains, as a head coach, he didn't build that thing from nothing, right? He didn't. And he's about to have to build USC from close to nothing. Yeah. Now, the rebuttal to my USC. question as to why is everyone just thinking that they're going to win right away is, well, he's going to be able to get players. He's shown in the past that he's going to get players. All right, that, that, that's fair. Um, I think that he will build a roster with a lot of stars, no doubt. But it's still yet to be determined if he can build a culture. You know, there's a difference in building a, a roster point. and building a culture. And I just, I'm not so confident that he can that he can build a culture. Texas has been building a roster now for, I mean, forever. And, and that's equated to five and seven seasons and losses to Kansas. So just because you can get a lot of stars in your recruiting class, that don't mean jack squat. You better have a culture. You better have a system where you can develop it and get the maximum uh, out of that talent. And I, 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 I don't think that he's been able to do that as a head coach. Uh, when do we get the first we're closer than people think at USC from Lincoln Riley? Probably after that Fresno loss in the uh, non-conference this year. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, that's good. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two rolls on. Hit us on the text line, 651-3439. When you're on the go, you can still get the best in Sooner coverage on the Sports Talk 1400 app powered by OEC Fiber. OEC Fiber brings you the power of high-speed fiber services right to the front door of your home or business. Find out more at OEC Fiber. It is the rush on the ref right here on the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 651-3439. We'll get to that momentarily. First off, let me tell you how Cavens Construction is the sponsor of hour number two of the show. They offer remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facilities maintenance. Cavens Facility Maintenance serves all of Oklahoma and can help take the ease off of your staff but fixing those pesky problems in your office building. Tulsa, call them today, 918-282-7612. Oklahoma City, Moore, Norman, 405-573-3048. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of The Rush. Peyton says, look at SEC. They get more stars than anyone. And let's be real, 70% of those coaches aren't worth a damn and don't know how to coach them. And that's why most of those teams aren't ever any good. Mm. I don't know. We've there's there's this thing thing we do in in college football where and really in sports in general where either you win the national championship or you suck. And <laughs> you know, I it doesn't always have to be like that black and white. There's some good teams that have good players and good coaches that can't win the conference. I mean, that's that's how it's going to go, unfortunately. Um, you know, there's only going to be one school from the SEC that wins a conference every year, but there will be two that make the, the playoffs somehow. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talent in the SEC, there's no doubt, but it, it, becomes, it becomes more difficult to win week after week in the SEC. And we've done well against SEC schools in some bowl games, but... A bowl game, a month to prepare, a month to get healthy, all of those things is not a true test of being in the conference week by week. So, And unfortunately, the three best teams out of the SEC that you played here recently, you, you lost to those guys. Right, yeah. So, I mean, we, there's, there's definitely more talent down there, and there's, there's no way to refute that. Um, just the, the absolute mass of bodies that – of recruits that go there, and then NFL draft picks that go there. Um, that doesn't mean that everywhere else sucks and only good players go to the SEC. Not the case at all. And it's not the case that you have to be a high-star high player to, to be a good player and to go to the NFL. But, you know, the, the, big, the big majority of those kids are going to the SEC. That's why it's, it's, it's difficult. Point. Reason USC might be viable, no one in the Pac-12 has a culture and sustainable player development, possibly even Utah. 
So he's in a mediocre culture. He will get some flashy, glitzy recruits, which will be good enough to win out West. His medal will be tested when he plays Notre Dame at a blue-collar Utah. Maybe I'm too high on the situation, um, but he just he has seen what a national championship has looked like. Uh, Dan Lanning, head coach at Oregon. Tosh Lapoy, defensive coordinator out there. I, I think Oregon is about to take a little bit of an upturn just based on the staff that they have right now. I, I don't think that that staff will be there in 10 years. I'm sure Dan Lanning will be on the first thing smoking back to the SEC once he gets that opportunity, but I, I do like the staff that they've assembled out there. No, they've got a good staff. Um, it seems like they're getting the support that they need from uh, the administration and donors, which is, is going to be a huge deal, especially in the NIL era and and the the availability of, of funds from donors or whoever to be able to, to get in on NIL action if they have to. Um, Oregon could be tough to deal with moving forward. And it's another place that's, right, Lanning – is going into a way better situation than Lincoln Riley is, right? With where those programs were. Yeah, in terms of talent level. Talent yeah, level sure. and even culture. Yeah. You know, Cristobal had a had a good culture going there. Those kids were coached really, really hard. Um, but I, Utah's – Whittingham's done a great job there. That's a tough, physical football team. You know, on NIL and USC – it's, it's rolling in right now, or at least it seems like, judging by the money that Caleb Williams is getting. And we think that, oh my gosh, US, USC, LA, they're like the one of the top ten you know, markets in the world in terms of you know, just all the businesses that are there and all that. I, I wonder if that can dry up pretty quickly, though, for USC, based on how fickle of a fan base it is. Like, USC's really cool right now. No doubt. They, they have maybe more excitement around the program than it's had in a while. But I wonder if even USC, in a market like L.A., is a 6-6 six and six away from seeing that NIL money around the city dry up. Just because it's not a real passionate fan base to begin with, and if you don't have a great year one, then it's, oh, okay, the, all the excitement's gone around USC, and they're kind of back to being an afterthought in that city. Well, I'll tell you right now, I think everyone... Every single school in the country is one season away from having all the NIL stuff dry up. I, I don't think it's sustainable. The, I hope not. the A&M $30 million fund, supposedly, that they put together, and I'm not saying they have or haven't. I don't know. Some people seem to say it's just a, a rumor. Others say it's substantiated. I don't know. But... I don't believe people are going to continue to throw money down the toilet for not winning championships and for guys that take money and then transfer out later. And I just, I don't see people doing that. Maybe there's enough rich people that just frankly don't give a a rip and need to find a, a hole to throw money into. But I tend to believe that stuff like that's not sustainable if you don't win. To be fair, Auburn's been throwing money down the toilet that's now the, for a long time. That's, that's the, the one, like, uh, 
like thing that you can bring up with my argument that it's not sustainable is like, what do you mean? Auburn throws $30 million down the drain every year uh, to a coach. So Chad in Tulsa says, Switzer's famous quote, Texas starts out on third base and walks around acting like they hit a triple. Right. I love that. Uh, USC is the mecca of college football. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma and Oregon are going to be the biggest winners from the coaching carousel, no doubt. Lincoln will find mild success, maybe a Pac-12 title or two, but I don't think he stays long enough to find major success. Me agrees with that. Well, there's another part of that. A a big chunk of how long he stays and how much success he has is what his – remember, as soon as he got any pushback at OU, he was gone. Right, if if he senses that this thing's going to be tougher than I thought, see ya. He's going to go somewhere else where it's you know he can. I just don't know where it gets easier than the Pac-12 though. A blue blood in the Pac-12, you you know what I mean? Like where else does it get easier than that? Because the NFL don't care, buddy. I mean they'll fire you real quick. Well, I don't know that it's going to get easier anywhere, but like. You'll be you can run to the next job, and and maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know, but I I I do think that it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And if there's not instant success, how does the fan base react, and how does he react? Yeah, because he's he's not one that to to be asked the tough questions. He does not thrive in that environment and uh, I don't know what the USC media is like we know what the LA media is like but once he gets attacked like he's already out of his comfort zone right now being this hated individual but he's got like a security like even though he can't log on to social media right now he's still got a security he's got a safe space out the state of California right now they all love him if that's taken away from him, if he doesn't win right away, and even people in L.A. and across California are questioning him, um, it, it'll be a really uncomfortable situation for him. Yeah. No. Nope. Brett, Brett from Mustang, I think L.R. wasn't about the SEC. I think he opened his mouth about it only to a few people. So if there is anyone still at OU who might have information on this, who would that person be? Uh, on him not being happy about the move to the SEC? Probably Clark Stroud and uh, Dennis Simmons, who are currently in L.A. with him. I think, I don't know, I felt it from his body language right away whenever he was asked about it. It was just, it was always weird. You just got this feeling to not ask him about the SEC. He didn't want to talk about it. And Porter Mosier run in first day. He, he, wants, he wants to talk about the SEC. All these other coaches want to talk about the SEC, not him. Yeah, Venable said it. I think before he even landed the plane <laughs> in, right, at OU. So, yeah, um, there was definitely something there. And I think part of it was, like, he felt maybe OU was biting off more than they could chew and maybe that wasn't such a smart idea for winning. And I think the other part of it, I I still believe that he didn't know it was happening. And, the, and it came out before anyone wanted it to. And when it all came out, he wasn't in the know, and you know, I, I still believe that. And people asked him that, and he said that he did know about it, but what's he going to say? No, they didn't tell me. I mean, we would have known we had a problem right away if yeah. that happened. Well, I, it goes another reason why you should be happy about this move. If he didn't know about it and he was mad about the move and thought that OU bit off more than they can chew, that's not the guy that you want as the head coach now, is it? 
Right. If the first news to the SEC, and we think that OU is definitely going to benefit in recruiting, there's two ways to look at it, right? There can be, oh, yes, awesome. I'm going to be able to get paid more. My staff is going to be able to get paid more. Maybe this means better facilities. This means more advantages in recruiting. Like, this is great. Let's go. Or you say, yeah, we're not ready for this situation. I don't want to be in it. Clearly, he was on the ladder, and that's not – that's. It's the worst guy to have leading you into a new conference is that mentality and that mindset. Well, in Lincoln Riley's defense, I think there was a – if we're going to the SEC, we're going to have to do this, 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 and this. And I'm going to need more of this, 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 and this. And I think – the administration was very slow on that process and even uh, not agreeing with that and not not uh, jumping on board with with giving him those resources that he was asking for. And I think whenever you combine the two, that's whenever you ended up with him saying, okay, I'm out of here. And then Oklahoma – was in a position where if they're going to get the next coach in here that's going to the SEC, like they don't have a choice about some of those things. They're going to have to agree to it. So there's a there's a lot of <laughs> ins and outs and what have you. Yeah, to well, this. come on, but that's not fun though, all right? <laughs> I know. Let's go back to slandering here. Come right. on. All right, uh, we got to hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. Stay tuned. We are the rush on the ref right here on the Homeless Sooner fans, and this is what caught Teddy's eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is. Which, first of all, shout out to our uh, buddies over at Roof Tech. If you've got any issues, uh, leaks, um, repairs needed, or a full-on roof replacement, guys at Roof Tech can handle it. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, been doing it for a long time over there. Tons of experience. Uh, give the guys at Roof Tech a call. Um, the first thing is, I forgot to bring this up. When we were in Mexico, we started the movie, um, and I don't even know what it's called, but it's about Sean Payton in in the Saints. Have you seen Kevin James? Yeah, I was going to say, does Kevin James play that? No, I haven't. I bet I've seen people make fun of it. I, I don't. I, I don't even know how to really. Is it bad? It. We watched thirty minutes of it. It is the worst movie I have well, just start, ever dude, seen. Just start right there. Sean Payton and Kevin James, could you get two different personalities there? And I understand that maybe you think that they look alike in the face. I don't know, but that's that's where you start. And I'm not saying that Kevin James is a terrible – I don't think he's great, but he can't play Sean Payton, man. The problem he's is – He's the mall cop guy. I don't know if they're trying to be funny – 
if they're trying to be sentimental, if they're trying to be accurate in how the the whole Bounty Gate thing played out. I just don't know. You just I, know it was bad. It was god awful. So I I just uh, I, I just had to bring that up. The other thing, um, this Olympics deal going on in China. Have you seen the food that they're feeding them? No, but I'm <laughs> I'm sure it's. It seems like we always have some awful Olympic stories. When it was in oh. Russia, they had like two men's stalls, it, like two toilets and one bathroom. It's always a mess. Why, why are we doing this? I don't know. When is the, like, the Olympic committees ever going to learn their lesson on some of this stuff? Stop having the Olympics in crap countries. Just stop it. It's so ridiculous. And then I guess there's the girl um, that – I don't know. They're saying that maybe she revoked her U.S. citizenship to go be on the Olympic team for for China. That's probably not going to play out very well, but uh, that's been a fiasco, the Olympics. Yeah, I I, I can't say that I've watched a ton of it, and honestly, I don't know if I will watch a ton of it. Uh, U.S. not doing so hot. I was looking at the medal count earlier today, and I guess Sean White is competing in this, right? Then he's going to retire after, but are there any like just big – name athletes that I'm totally missing here that I should pay be paying attention to? No. Doesn't seem like that's really the case, does it? I don't think so. It's it's really weird. Um like they've had there's always there's a lot of issues going on with the Chinese censoring a lot of stuff that's coming out of there, censoring uh athletes, specifically Chinese athletes and you can just the coverage by the U.S. broadcasters, you can tell that they, there's they just say weird things, you know, that they've been giving. Sounds like they're giving marching orders on on what to do. So, yeah, it's been wild. I my I just beg, stop having the Olympics in China. Don't ever do it again. Hmm. Uh, well, China or crap countries, I don't think that you're going to get your wish on that one. I haven't seen the lineup coming up, but I'm going to guess that that probably continues to happen. It will. It's a disaster every single time it happens too. It's like, whoa, it's like six months away and they are not ready to host this event. It's three months away. They are not ready to host this event. It's the day before. Oh my God, they are not ready to host this event. And the other thing is, I'm kind of to the point where A lot of stuff doesn't necessarily all have to be in one place because these countries pour, you know, billions and billions of dollars into these facilities. It goes on for like three, four weeks, and then those facilities end up being vacant, sit there and wither and die. Like, just have it at venues that are already there. It doesn't have to be in one place. Just have it at the Coliseum in L.A. so they can actually uh, fill the thing up, you know? Wasn't that what it was built for when Uh, they hosted in the 84 or something Mm -hmm. like that? Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, You done? Yeah. All right, I've got a couple here. First off, uh, New Mexico police arrested a man this week who they say broke into a home, ate the shrimp, drank beer out of the fridge, and reportedly even took a bath before apologizing to the homeowner and leaving $200 to fix the damages that he left. That's right. Um, A guy in New Mexico basically broke into a house with a rifle, mind you, ate the homeowner's shrimp, drank the beer, took a shower. The guy showed up, and he was like, ah, my bad guy, and uh, left $200 and just kind of left the house. And the dude walked away into a ditch, and he thought that that was the end of the story. But that wasn't the end of it. He was in Santa Fe 
police caught up to him on Monday after he was accused of holding a woman at gunpoint and attempting to carjack her at a church's chicken. Uh, the woman told police that the man had a rifle and a duffel bag and approached her and told her to get out. She began honking her horn and scared the man off. Uh, they caught up with him. He said he'd been caught in a blizzard and that he thought he was going to freeze to death. That's why he tried to attempt to jack her car. Um, now he's being charged with aggravated bul- uh, burglary, larceny, and aggravated assault. So a lot going on there. What a, what a week that guy's had. That's that's fascinating. I, I do appreciate, though, the eating all the shrimp, drinking all the beer, taking a bath, and, hey, my bad guy, here's here's 200 bucks. That's so weird. I think the strangest thing of the whole situation is that someone had shrimp in their refrigerator. I, I Leftover shrimp. Nuh-uh. No. No way, man. No shrimp way. is uh, you cook it, you eat it, and if you don't finish it, you toss it. And, and maybe that's an unpopular opinion with some. I, I'm actually willing to say seafood in general. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm Fish. chunking it after that. I'm not reheating anything, and I like seafood, but I do too. I'm not going to reheat it. There's, there's, the risk reward is just not. It's not there. Man. The only way you reheat it is like if it's like a gumbo or something like that. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now we can talk. But other than that, what that sounds like a uh, a week fueled by meth to me. <laughs> right. Um, I did some research on, I don't know why, on Super Bowl tickets allotted to the players. And what I read on the intranets is that each player only gets two free tickets to the Super Bowl, but they can buy up to 15 additional tickets at face value. Right. They don't get four free tickets to the Super Bowl? No. Because some of those tickets are, like some of them, they're like $1,500 face value. Yeah. I. Uh, so there was this big thing going on for a long time about being able to get your Super Bowl tickets, pay for all of them that you can get. You get the free ones for family, and then you can purchase the face value, and then turn around and sell them on the on the open market, right? That was something that NFL guys did for a long time, and then someone went in and tried to blow up the whole deal. Stupid. But, um, yeah, I, it's, I'm sure there's still a way to make it very worth your while. Only two free tickets, though. That's the biggest game of your life. You finally get to the, you know this huge moment in your athletic career. All right, we only got two free tickets for you. And, hey, those guys make money. I understand that they can buy them, but still it's like, dang, it's kind of yeah, cheap. Well, they'll buy them and they'll end up making, or at least they used to make a lot of money off of the ones even they paid face value on. But, yeah, I I don't know. The prices for this Super Bowl, the tickets I've seen were outrageous, and I'm sure it's probably going to calm down a little bit before oh I, I can't imagine what a room is in LA this week or what an uber ride is going to be in LA I mean seriously that is and that's what sucks about the Super Bowl and that's what sucks about even like the the final four man is there's like no actual game feel to it it's all corporate you know very commercialized um, it the Rams are playing a home game but I'm sure there's not going to be some great atmosphere there the final four is held in this big giant football stadium and there's no feel for the atmosphere actual game at all i just I, I don't know i i dislike that as a fan very much well the it, it, we heard coach stoops earlier say that he was there with toby keith when toby was uh doing some type of of performance or something i don't know if he did a halftime show or whatever but he went with toby keith and had like 
all the access you could have, everything, and said it was still a nightmare. So I can't imagine going out there as someone with just, you know, two tickets and how much parking and everything costs. You'd have way more fun going to, like, being in the city and being at a local bar or somewhere else. Yes, you would. I I I can attest to that. I always thought, like, oh, going to the Super Bowl, that's, like, at the top of the bucket list. Not really, man. There's a lot of other things that – now, if given the opportunity, would I go? Of course I would go. But it's it doesn't rank very high up there for me. The, the idea of it sounds cool, and I'm sure watching your team win one live is pretty cool, but just going to a regular Super Bowl where you don't have a dog in the fight, eh. Super Bowl was in Detroit after my rookie year. Um, so I was there for the uh, – there for the party, did not go to the game, but there was tons of stuff going on around it. That was awesome. So, yeah, I no thought – I don't even think I – did I even watch the game? I don't even know if I watched the game. Man, that must have been one heck of a party. Yeah. Hey, watch the Steelers' Jerome Bettis' last game win a Super Bowl in his hometown. Right. You missed that on that one, dude. Yeah, and I was like a block away. <laughs> All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up our number two next. Cavens Construction bringing you hour number two of The Rush. Tulsa, give them a call today, 918-282-7612 with all of your remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance needs. Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. To the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go. Doesn't every NFL player get two tickets to the Super Bowl? Yeah, they're able to buy two tickets at face value, correct? Yes. Um, yes, and the, the guys playing in the game get two free tickets. Someone says, cool, uh, one for your girlfriend and one for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Should have awarded Tulsa the Olympics when they made the bid. It would be Agreed. better. It would be going better uh, here than it did there. Probably so. Shrimp cock- we ha- I, I think we have more snow on the ground right now than where the Olympics Seriously. are in China. Seriously. Shrimp cocktail can be reheated. Totally disagree with reheated? that. Reheated? Who in the hell is eating hot oh, shrimp well, Maybe cocktail? not reheated. Maybe they just mean you can put in the leave it in the oh. fridge. Which I was, still, I, I don't know. I, I, I like seafood. I like shrimp. But I don't like it enough to eat it back-to-back days. No. No. <laughs> no. Shrimp cocktail is great. You walk by, you have one or two, you walk off thinking that it was going to be weird if you just continued to sit there and eat. You make a couple of passes, and then you go do it again. And then that's enough. You put it away for – or you don't even put it away. You throw it away. Best case scenario, USC getting doors blown off against said team and doesn't kneel at the end of the game and scores a touchdown slash field goal. Hashtag code of ethics. Right. That is a, that's a tip of the cap to the Baylor game from last year, which, by the way, Dave Aranda, I love that you kicked a field goal at the end of the game. That was awesome. But that right. is, that's what you were talking about, too, with the media is he, he got a pass for, for that situation. He got a pass for a long time around here. Right, and we're all looking. It's like, 
I watched us throw down the field and score a touchdown with like 30 seconds left against Western Carolina. So, I don't know. All right, quick timeout. Final hour of the rush coming up next.